Hey girl, hey, it's your host V-Baby. What's up? I wanted to personally welcome and thank you for tuning into the Golly Girl Talk podcast. This is the podcast where you will find raw and unfiltered conversation regarding a variety of real life topics ranging from depression, generational curses, relocation, relationships, you name it, you've been through it. We're discussing it here each week. And here is the deal. We will be applying scripture to each and every topic. My goal is to show you how to let the Bible be the governing factor of your life so that you may experience the supernatural peace and joy God created us all to live in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, golly girls? Welcome back to the golly girl podcast. It is your host, Valora, and I am excited to be back with you all. I know you're probably wondering, like, where have y'all been? What's going on? We have been about a week or so, almost two weeks behind. So um, I do want to apologize. Um, do understand that Eunice and I are on two different time zones. However, we both have accepted responsibility that we have to get this thing done. So we are um, making some adjustments to our schedule so that we can get things done despite of the distractions and different things that keep coming up. So um, we hope and pray that um, going forward, we'll have the episodes to you every two weeks. Um, we have set a plan in place. Um, we have you know, a strict schedule on uh, a certain day to record at a certain time. So we will make every effort to get that done. Uh, by God's grace. So please, please, please forgive us. Um, I know that some of you all are um, really engulfed into these episodes and I thank God for that. I pray that you go and purchase the book as well um, so that you can really have this information at your fingertips at all times. So um, because it's very, very good information. That is the whole reason why I wanted it to be on the podcast because, and it's not just information, it's like food to our soul. It's um it's nourishment to our spirit. So, um, yeah. So that's my my spiel. You know, my apology. I know sometimes I've heard from you guys like, "Don't give me this apology." You do this every time, and I'm like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." Um, as Ruben Stutter, the old American Idol uh, singer, he said, "I'm sorry for 2004, and I ain't gonna mess up no more." But I ain't saying that because I I probably will mess up again. So I hope and pray that I don't by God's grace, but uh, knowing me, um, and flesh, it, it's a chance. So I, I won't promise that, but, um, here we are. This is season three, episode three, 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 three. Oh, not three, three, three. Uh, <laughs> season three, episode three, uh, of who the new life from the untouched part with Eunice Olatanji. And I have our special guest for this season, uh, on with me today, of course, all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, Hello, Eunice. Hi, Laura. <laughs> How are you this morning? Good, good. It's afternoon here in Lagos, Nigeria. But That's right. Too. That is right. That is right. What time is it there? About 1.09 p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is like 7.09 a.m. Uh, in the America, in the United States. So, um here we are, y'all. We we are making sacrifices here. Um, so we thank you also for tuning in. Thank you, Eunice, for being available, making yourself available. So let's talk about this new life. Um, Eunice, tell us, what is the new life? What is this new life that you spoke about in your book and that we uh, adopt or we walk into, that we accept, that we um, 
give our lives over to this new life. What is that? Explain that to us, please. Well, really, um, the new life is, you know, when we come into the family of God, uh, mm-hmm. Paul in Ephesians 4, you know, keeps, you know, says this, has this list of um, we shouldn't leave as the Gentiles do any longer, that um, they basically live in darkness, you know, their minds are full of darkness and he says in his words, they have no sense of shame. They live mm. for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And he said, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. And that made me think, you know, a lot of people have been introduced to Christ in different ways. Some people have been introduced that, oh, it's calm and love and just do what you want to do. He's very tolerant. He loves sin. But Paul tells the people that he's writing to that, you know, that is not what you learned about Christ, you know. He says that we should throw off our sinful nature and our formal way of life before we came into the knowledge of Christ. And then, um, because that nature is just corrupted by, you know, lust and deception, and that we should let the Spirit of God renew our thoughts and attitudes, and then we should put on our nature created to be like God. You know, so he goes on to list this thing that, characterize the new life of those who are now being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. He says we should stop telling lies. Don't mm. let, don't sin by letting anger control you because anger gives a foothold to the devil. And we'll mm-hmm. see this, you know, different times when we've been angry, the things we've said, the things we've, mm-hmm. you know, the things we've done just from that moment of anger, you know, and then we're like, what was that? Who was acting? And we see that, you know, it's not ourselves because the Bible says that anger gives a foothold to the, to the devil. He says we can be angry, but we shouldn't let the sun go, out, go down on our wrath, you know? Mm-hmm. We just need to, and it just takes a moment of reflection and, you know, yes, I'm angry, okay, but really, would this thing really matter, you know, in the light of eternity? You know, what am I really angry at? Is it, is it for sin or is it just because somebody offended me, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, he goes on to say we should quit stealing, you know, quit stealing, but we should work with our own hands. You know, stealing doesn't just have to do with stealing another person's things, you know? It could mean just stealing time from employers, you know, it could, mm-hmm. mean, it could mean just stealing, you know, anything, you know? Um, don't use foul or abusive language. You know, he's telling us to watch our tongue, you know. It says that the things that come out of our mouth, you know, should be helpful, should be good, should be encouraging. You know, James also goes on, you know, in the Bible where James, was, in James' letter, where he spoke about the tongue and how the tongue is a world of evil, you know. But we see that as in this new life, control our tongue that the tongue cannot bring out both sweet and bitter water we want a tongue that only we can't use the same god tongue that we used to praise god to his own image you know so the mm-hmm. things that come out of our mouth are they good and helpful do we see the need to engage in every conversation that is going on you know he says that we should not bring sorrow to the holy spirit of god by the way we live you know some people say that okay we're christians and you know he wrote it i think in philippians where he said Oh, actually, it was in Titus where he said that, um, Titus 1.16, where he says that um, people profess that they know God, we deny him, you know, and these are things that can grieve the Holy Spirit because God is not, God is not petty, right? God is not going to say, oh, I'm so angry with you. The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. So it's like, mm-hmm. don't take advantage of the faithfulness of God 
you know, knowing that, you know, God is not the kind of person who will say, yeah, I'm angry with you and, you know, go out of my family. No, he's saying that we should honor God, honor the faithfulness of God by not grieving the Holy, his Holy Spirit that gets so graciously given unto us to live with us. You know, um, he says we should get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, harsh words, slander, you know, slander, the things that we say about people, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of rage, you know, get rid of anger, you know, people that, you know, are, we're holding malice with. It's not easy to do these things, but you see, this is why it's right. a new life. This is why we have the Holy Spirit to give us the power to do these things. And you see that when we keep going further, he says that, when we think of what Christ has done for us, everything just seems light. Everything just seems like, yeah, it's okay. Yes, this, you know, I have this thing I'm holding on to. But what about the forgiveness that Jesus has given unto me? Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. he says we should get rid of all type of evil behavior. You know, evil behavior. When we're acting out, when we're doing things, is this an evil behavior? Is this a, a behavior of righteousness? Like, would I be pleased? if God was looking at me now, you know, these mm. are the things about the new life. He said, we should be kind to each other, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven us. You know, he goes on to talk about imitate God. We should imitate God in everything that we do. Live a life that is filled with love. Let there be mm. no sexual immorality, no impurity, no greed, because greed is idolatry. What is that mm. thing that we want so much? Is it food? Is it clothes? Is it material things that we would lose sleep over? That is putting another thing in God's place. Remember, it is a new life. It cannot just be old things. We don't have to get, and you know, this definition of lust, where um, I think it was Oswald Chambers, where he says, lust is, I must have it now. You know, we can't mm. even deny ourselves. We want to eat, we must eat now. We want to speak to somebody, the person should leave what they're doing and speak to us now. They must reply our messages. Now, all of that is lost. We should mm. be able to deny ourselves. We should be able to take up the cross. We should be able to bear all things for the sake of Christ because this is what we live. And it's not easy, you know, but we see that once we yield to the Holy Spirit and to the word of God that has commanded us as people of his own household to do these things, then it becomes easy for us to do it because we know that we are obeying the almighty God who controls and owns all things, right? So, you know, he goes on to say that obscene stories, obscene stories, we shouldn't be involved in those things. Foolish talk, coarse jokes. We don't have to laugh at everything that we see. We don't have to get involved just because we're trying to have a lifetime. Do you know how many stories in the Bible are so funny? If we just want to have jokes and everything, there's so many stories in the Bible that are so funny. There's so many historical stories that are so funny. We don't have to get involved with a lot of the things that people find amusing these days, all in the name of, oh, just a joke. No, because we're mm. not the old nature anymore. We have to be thrown off that. You know, we've yeah. on a new life, right? You know, he goes on to say that we should, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse those things for the anger of those who disobey them, you see? And that's the mm. thing in our generation, because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, God is not like that. God is, you know, think about homosexuality, for instance. Like, God loves everybody. Of course, everybody. Which is why he's gracious enough to give us a way to right. deny ourselves all of these things that do not please him, expressly spoken in his Bible, and mm-hmm. to now choose a new life, right? It's like a lot of people are, we are so quick to say how God is so tolerant. And it's just like, this doesn't align with the God of the Bible. He says, don't mm-hmm. be deceived that the anger of God and you know, when the Bible talks about the anger of God, the Bible talks about fire. 
you know, the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. So mm. it says that we should not be fooled by those who try to excuse these things because the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Let's Amen. not take the patience of God for granted. God is loving. God is merciful, you know, which is why he's given us this way. But at the same time, he has wrath. He has anger, you know, and the only thing that causes his anger just lie without being exposed and falling on all of us is jesus he's the only he's the he's the mediator between god's anger and us right so um yes he says we should take no path in we should carefully okay carefully determine what pleases the lord right when we want to do something carefully take time is this thing going to please god you know it's just a the ability to um, sit and just before we jump into making um, making um, decisions, we say, okay, this thing I'm about to do, is this mm. thing going to please God? And you see, a lot of these things, once we sleep and wake up, we realize that the things that we were so burning to do, they don't even matter anymore. Mm. We don't even feel like, just like, why was I stressing? Why was I, you know, if we'd only be careful and not be so hasty in our spirit to do things, right? He says that we are now people of light. And honestly, that is the summary of all of these things is to summarize this new life is that we are light. We're to live as light before the holiness of God. We're to, we're to live as light within us. We're to live as light toward us. Jesus said to us that our light should so shine before men that they may see our good work and glorify our Father which is in heaven. So this new life of light is a transparent life. It's like we don't have a private and a public life. It's like Private Amen. life is public. Public life is private. We're not Amen. ashamed of anything. We're not, if somebody picks up our phone, we don't use a six-digit passcode to, to, to protect us. Our protection is from the full armor of God, right? We're Amen. not, we are so, we are happy. We're like, I don't know, it's like we are light. The Bible says that our good works, that they would glorify our Father which is in heaven. And if the things that we do do not cause us to say, do not cause others to say, wow, this can only be God, then we have to ask, are we truly being light? The way mm. we live should be able to cause people to say, wow, honestly. And you see how painful it is when, and you see, oh gosh, like there's just so much to say. But when you think of how that's in the world, how Christians are not. You know, there was a time, you know, who's, I think it was Alexander the Great during his time. Um, Christianity was so fashionable because the way Christians lived within that time, the people, the pagans, they saw the love that they had within them. How they were so warm, so kind-hearted, pretend to be Christians because they wanted to be part of that. In our day, mm. do we have people pretending to be Christians or do we have Christians pretending to be people of the world because they are ashamed of being Christians? There was actually a time where Christianity was fashionable because it was like surreal. Like, what is this love? What is this meekness? What is this thing that these people are doing? And they wanted to be a part of that, right? Mm. But today, do we have that? Are we living as light in this very dark world? Or do we just want to conform? The Bible says that we should throw off and let the Spirit of God renew our minds and our attitudes. Let the Spirit, because see, when we, we and that's the thing we can't do this thing apart from the holy spirit and the word of god because yes when we when we accept the invitation of god right we still have the same mind that we had we still have the mm -hmm. same body that we had we mm -hmm. still have the same knowledge that we had mm -hmm. so 
if we think that in our own mind, with the same company or with the same resources that we've been living all through, we're going to live a new life. We're deceiving ourselves and we'll soon be defeated. What we need is a renewal by the word of God. It's like we are now babies. We're born again. So just because, yes, our body is still like in our 30-year-old selves or whatever, our spirit man is born anew. So just like babies, we need to now grow. We need to now like, oh wow! Mm-hmm. So what God is saying is that if somebody says I should go one mile with them, I should actually go two miles. What God mm-hmm. is saying is that now that I'm in His family, I should be quick to forgive. I should be slow to get angry. Okay, okay, wow. I mean, if this was before, I would have really replied. I would have, I would have not turned the other cheek. So we're right. learning. We're like learning. Like this is what is expected of me. The Holy Spirit is using the Word of God to teach us that as a member of the household of God, this is what is expected. So yeah. there is no we have to choose the word of God in our mm-hmm. growth as like this is our manual, you know. And furthermore, you know, when we get into you know our new as when we talk about warfare and all that, we'll talk about what is our who is our commander, who is our captain, what is our badge, what is our rank, what is our uniform, what is our handbook, because we are oh well, yeah, we'll get there, I guess, during the course of our conversation. But yeah, that that is truly you know what the new life is all about. I would say wow. It is light. Formerly, it was darkness, but now we are light. That was good. Good breakdown of the word of God, Eunice. Uh, that was Ephesians 4, 17 through 5, 14, and it was amazing. Um, it lit me up. Uh, because there are things, as Eunice said, we are learning, and I and there are even things that I know. Um, I don't actually, you know, remember all of these, but um there are things that I know that, you know, it's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta repent, you gotta repent and you gotta turn. Whereas before, like you said, the old life, you just like, you just lived in your sin. You weren't even moved by it. You weren't even like, "Mm, it's not important, but sin is a priority in your life now and addressing it and getting rid of it and fleeing from it. So, um, man, I love that. I love that. And it's like, you know, you, I don't know where this song comes from. I want to say it comes from like uh, one of these movies, like a Disney movie or something, but it says a whole new world. What does that come from? I don't know, but that is what I think of when I think of the new life in Christ. You are born again. That means that you're not born of the flesh anymore. You're born of the spirit now and you're walking in the spirit. Does that mean that it's going to be perfect? No, it's not. But as Eunice said, we are learning every day. So you read in the word, in the word of God and it says, don't let don't sin by letting anger control you, as Eunice said. Okay, well, before, when, when I got angry, I'll go off on you. And it was just that. I'm going to go off on you. And then if you were to come back at me, I will probably fight you. And, and it'll go from there. And we wouldn't talk for years or whatever. When I see you, I roll my eyes, whatever, whatever. Well, now in the new life, I don't do those things anymore. Whereas I used to curse in my old life, which is the foul and abusive language. I don't do that anymore in the new life. Right. Um, so that was good. I, I, I look at my life and I say, I don't want to bring sorrow to God. I want God to be proud of me. I want God to smile at me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You followed the Holy spirit. And that's the thing about the new life too, is following the Holy spirit's guidance. So thank you so much, Eunice. That was amazing. Um, all right. So, and you touched on as well, the Christian life and the private life, you know, because some people have a different life. 
uh, behind closed doors. They're like, whatever happens behind my closed doors, then nobody can see it. Like, I'm not making anybody stumble because nobody can see it. Whatever's done in the dark always comes to the light. It always, it always manifests itself in the public. And also, when you think about private life, it's private to us. It's private to the other humans of this world, right? But it's never private to God. God sees everything. So there is no private. The if thing anything, that you do in your room. No, go ahead, Eunice. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say that if anything, the thing we should keep private is how intimate we are with God. And then just come out and let people, you know how Jesus said that we should lock ourselves in our room to, to pray, you know, when we pray to our Father in heaven. If anything, mm -hmm. that's the only thing we shouldn't want people to know, like how private we are, like how intimate we are with God, how we could just go before his presence naked and unashamed and just rule and just enjoy. Mm -hmm. If anything, that's the only thing that we shouldn't want people to know because, you know, that's like our lover of our souls. And when we're making yeah. up to him, we want to do it in private. Every mm -hmm. other thing is out there. Out there. No, that's good, Eunice. I love that you said that because a married couple is not going to have sex in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you know, you're, you're gonna go in your room, you're gonna close the door, you're gonna make sure the kids are sleeping, you're gonna make sure the kids are doing something, and then you're gonna yeah. get it on without people int intruding and coming in your yeah. room or you know, knocking on your door, or calling you. You're gonna turn your phones off, like Eunice said, you're gonna go yeah. private with that because it's like an intimate time. It's like I'm making love right yeah. now, I focus on yeah. that, and I want that to consume me, and I don't want anything yeah. of the world, so I am you know, going private with that, but I just Oh my gosh, this this gets me on fire. Okay, Eunice. <laughs> so there was um, uh, a point about an ongoing surgery. I know you pretty much talked about it and in basically going from the old life to the new life. That is the ongoing surgery. But did you want to go into mm -hmm. any depth on that? Um, and I'll actually actually hold up before you actually if you do want to go into that. I actually talked about this on the podcast before y'all about how I asked God to give me a new heart and how I lay down in my closet. Uh, this was like, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago or maybe some months ago. I can't remember when it was, but I laid down in my closet and um, I closed the door because I think I had a baby with me at that time. So it must have been over a year ago. But anyways, I, I lay down in the closet and I cried out to God and I said, I don't want this heart of of uh of flesh anymore. I want, I'm sorry, I don't want this heart of stone anymore, this hard heart, this heart that thinks negative thoughts about your kids, that think negative thoughts about myself, the hard heart that says, oh, you don't want to talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you. Like, God, I want you to give me a heart transplant. I want you to take this heart that's in here. I want you to take it out. And then I want you to replace it with your heart. And it was like I was lying on the floor in the closet and I could feel pain in my chest area. And I was just weeping because I'm like, God, you are truly in the physical bringing this heart out of me and it's like mm -hmm. if you go to god and ask him to perform this surgery god you have highlighted that i have a hardened heart i need you to remove this i want to go through surgery i have um you know undressed myself uh and i am here ready to for you to perform on me god and so it just when you talk about that ongoing surgery um in the book it made me think about that but did you want to go into depth about that um units the ongoing um the surgical process okay so um it says he who has begun a good work mm -hmm. in you. you see 
if the Bible, which is alive, is alive, every day is he who has begun. Mm-hmm. He who has begun. He who has begun a good work. It doesn't end until our glorification. So we need to know that we are on the surgical table of God who is doing a good work. Of course, it's not a physical surgery. And, you know, there's a really um, strong um, illustration of this in the book that Mm -hmm. says, you know, uh, let me just, because I can't really go like, you know, start saying how it is but see now we're in the surgery room of god right mm-hmm. you would feel pain in mm-hmm. in our physical life thing because so things like somebody insulted us we're not mm-hmm. insulting back that's painful Ooh, we know that it's an effect of the surgery that is going on right yeah. now yeah if we decide that we're gonna get off of god's surgical table mm. Remember, what happens during a surgery, there's blood everywhere. You know, uh, we're not well sealed up. We're, you know, going through an ongoing surgery. Just imagine. And the person decides, I want to get up and go out. (laughs) The person will come out bloodied, mad looking. People would be like, what is going on? They would laugh at the person. But you see, and the Bible gives us an illustration of this, that when we set our eyes to the plow and look back, the people of the world would be quick to welcome us back, but they will laugh at us as those who did not count the cost of building before beginning to build. Mm. We come out when, oh, we start seeing a Christian, we say, okay, we're now a Christian, we're now working with God, and then we're like, oh yeah, I'm tired of this, I will go out. All the people who saw our social media and all of that, they will say, oh yeah, yeah, come on, let's go out, but they're laughing at you. That's you, mm. she has left that Christianity and everything. But they will welcome you back. I remember the, the illustration gave, that Jesus gave that when a devil leaves somebody and they come back and find the place empty. Remember, we, we left our hearts with God on the surgical table. So we've come out with nothing. The devil will come with seven demons stronger than himself. Mm. That demon that was there before and will possess that person so that the person's condition will be worse than the initial state. Honestly, we just need to pray for mercy and for God to open our eyes to understand this thing. We have to stay on that table for God to finish the good work that he has begun in us. There are yeah. times when I feel discouraged. There are times when I feel like, man, I'm done. Like, I'm not, I wasn't made for this Christian life. I'm just, and then I try to just, you know, forsake all. And then I'm like, to whom shall I, where am I going back to? It's mm-hmm. like, there is no... Peter said, remember in John chapter 6, where Jesus was talking about the bread of life, and then Jesus told, a lot of people went because they were like, what is this man saying? These are hard Mm -hmm. people, can't take it. And then the Bible says that a lot of his his disciples forsook him. And then Jesus now looked at the 12, and he said to them, are you not going to go? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Honestly, it's like, you've reached the point of no return. It's like, I can't even go anywhere. So the only mm-hmm. thing is, when I feel that way, the only thing I can do is to be still. I'm not moving forward, but I'm not going back. All I, I say, let me be still and know that he is God. But mm-hmm. I'm not moving forward. I'm not moving back. To whom shall I go? To the yeah. world? To the things that brought me shame? To the things that brought me depression? To the things that made me lose friends? To the, to the things that destroyed my reputation? God who is working with me, who despite how useless, how 
shameful I was, took me into his own family and has used me for his glory many, many times and is continually using me. The one who loves me, who mm. says that nothing can separate me from his love. So mm. to whom am I going to go? So we need to just every day just say, surrender ourselves. Like, I know God, you're still working in me. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not where I used to be, but I see your work. I see your, your work. I see it's happening. I see how humble I am becoming. I'm seeing how of you, how, more, how much of your I'm getting to know and to enjoy. I'm seeing that my love for believers is growing. I'm seeing that my appetite is changing. You definitely mm -hmm. are working in me because this cannot be me. So we have to always just allow Jesus, God, to keep working in us and then Finally, when we're taking our breath from away, like our final breath from this world, they say that yes, I have, you know, run my race. I have fought a good fight. I there's now a as Timothy said, as Paul said it to Timothy, right? That there's now a crown of righteousness made for for me. We know mm -hmm. that when we get there, we'll finally be like him, and we'll see him face to face. Remember, and his death. I can only put these things in perspective. I know on one of the episodes we're really going to talk about this thing about death, but when we really think about the fact that this life is so fleeting, you know, the other day, two days ago, I was on forevermiss.com because somebody posted on Instagram like this. She was beautiful, like a young girl, beautiful. She had died. And, you know, I know somebody who, I just clicked on the forever miss link and I was just reading tribute. And then I went through like the girl's Instagram page who had died. And I saw how she had traveled, gone to different places, you know, just even, and she's gone. And I'm like, this could be any one of us. This, this could be mm -hmm. me. This could be anybody. So yeah. when we realize that this life, you know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that seven, that a wise person thinks a lot about death, but a fool only thinks about having a good time. I think that's the NLT translation of that. You know, when we mm. think that, you know, one day, you know, sometimes I want to be angry. I want to be insult people. I want to just go my, you know, and I just think about the fact that, you know, one day I'm going to be born from this world. Like, I'm going to be born. Like, that just puts things in perspective for me. This life is not permanent. This life is yeah. temporary. Our beauty, everything mm -hmm. is so temporary. So, mm -hmm. if we would just think about death, then I think it'll help us to order our present life right. And knowing that for the Christian, you know, death is only just a translation into new life, into the life we're actually made for, into abundant and eternal life. That makes us want to not miss it no matter what that makes all of these fleeting pleasures and idolatry and trends that are going to pass to just come become like you know it's like this hymn that says that when we turn our eyes upon jesus the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light mm. of his glorious face so when we know that there is a glorious god a glorious jesus that one day we're going to see all of these things that we take to carry on our head all of these things that we're just saying yeah that ain't worth it you know so, mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's so good, Eunice. So so good. Um, whew, okay. Um, to know that I am going to be gone from here one day, if we could just keep that, and that's called an eternal mindset, eternal perspective, knowing that this life is not it, but this life, all, the choices that I make in this life, does determine what happens in my eternal life. Hmm. It should also make us want to have deposits there because we don't want to go go to heaven and be broke, right? Jesus says Ooh. that we should lay up treasures for ourselves, eternal treasures, mm. you know, or for ourselves in heaven. You know, so I think sometimes about some of the things that I don't get credit for. I was thinking yesterday at work, like, oh, man, 
I don't get credit enough for some of these things that I do. You know, I don't even, I'm, like, a lot of things are so hidden and I just thought about it. And then it's like the Holy Spirit asked me that, so is it that you don't trust God to reward you for what you're doing mm, or do you want mm. men to reward you? Because if you want men to reward you, then I will make it happen. Or do you want God to reward you? And then that was just what, you know. That, and then that's your reward. That yeah, exactly. and that's yeah, it. That's exactly. all you get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like every other thing is like an anticlimax. It's like you think about the Grammys and all of these things. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, that's spotlight for one minute, and then yeah, everything just goes back to the normal, you know. So like, mm-hmm. I just that was like yeah. So no, I trust God to reward. I trust God to reward. I want God to reward. So it's okay to yeah. not get acknowledged for some of these things. Yeah. Yeah, and it's natural because we feel that in the flesh. We feel mm-hmm. that in the flesh, flesh. But we have to tell ourselves. It, you know, in the new life, we have to tell ourselves, like, otherwise, in the old life, Eunice, what would you have done if you never, if you didn't get credit for all your hours? You may have lashed out at someone. I worked all these oh, yeah. hours. I actually, like, you guys I didn't actually, do, do anything. I did, you know, the project that I worked on, and then they wanted somebody else to do a presentation for a meeting we have tomorrow. And I was like, no, this is my project. I'm the one who did, I'm the visionary. I'm talking about it. And then it was actually my mom. I was telling her, and she was like, Eunice, you need to be able to let other people take the, I was still arguing like and then that was when God laughed to me so I was actually already going to yield to the pressure because I was already like no 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 this is my project this is my work I did this I started this I thought it out I made it happen and then God just said to me yeah so do you want to actually because if that's what you want then we're going to let you do the pitch but if not do you want me to reward you and I was like yeah let her go ahead let her do it it's okay it's okay yes ma'am that's good right there that's that's bible right there my god my god my god man that's surgery that's surgery Eunice you was going through the surgery you fighting in the surgery but you you're trying to come back alive in the surgery I mean not come back alive but you're trying to come up off the surgery bed and God's like do you want to do this like I'm trying to work on you do you want to get up from here bloody and mad and all that like is that what you want to do or do you want to lay here and let me work on you? Oh my God, mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's painful. It's painful because, yeah. it, the, you know, you do have some anesthesia in this process, in this surgical process. Yeah. The, an- the anesthesia is God's peace and joy and love. Mm-hmm. That, that's, the, that's the anesthesia. But guess what? Amen. The anesthesia doesn't kill everything, y'all. It still hurts. Yeah. It still hurts. Mm-hmm. My dad told me the other day, he's like, this stuff hurts, man. He was like, I see why people turn because it hurts. Absolutely, mm. it hurts. You need community. Mm. You need people around you that have gone through the hurt and so they can encourage mm. you in the hurt so they can tell you mm. what they did, um, you know, to get through the hurt and you can follow in their steps. Like, you gotta, you, and that's what, her community was her mom. Her mom, she went mm. to her mom and her mom was like, Eunice, you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta see what the root is to this, and that's good, man. Mm. But we don't want to do that sometimes because it's so painful. But the pain is mm. worth it. The pain is purpose. My God, that's good, Eunice. Okay. Mm. Um. All right. So let's move along here, uh, because we're in. Um. But I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. All right. So now we've talked about this a little bit, but now we want to talk about uh, what I would like us to talk about: confession and repentance, and what it, it what it made me think about, and which Eunice actually talked about it in her book 
um, as well as how if David, you know, David was a man after God's own heart, right? Everybody tries to use David, 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 David. But David <laughs> had sin in his life as well. Like, hold up, let's pause, let's back up, you know, yeah. and there was consequences to, to David's sin, right? But if David yeah. tried to keep his sin private, which he did for a little bit, little bit he did. He would he he mm-hmm. let this man go to the front line and he's like, I'm gonna kill him. He was basically being shysty. He was being um manipulative. Then he was being evil. He was led by his flesh during that time. And mm-hmm. he basically put this man on the front line so that he could get killed so that this would never come out uh about mm-hmm. you know his his, his uh, affair with uh Bathsheba. But if he had mm-hmm. not confessed his sin, of course, to God and, and you know, and ignored his uh, his spirit, because, you know, when we sin and we're walking with the Lord and David was a man after God's own heart, when he sinned, when he committed that sin with Bathsheba, he felt the weight of that. He felt the mm-hmm. grief behind that. He could have ignored that. He could have drunk him some alcohol. He could have smoked him some marijuana and he could have been like laid back chilling like you know tipsy i'm high you know i you know Mm -hmm. i did that but it's all good you know (laughs) blah 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 you know he could have like masked Mm -hmm. all of that but he was like listen jonathan man look i done messed up and like you know so it's like confess your sin so you can get free get free and then repent acknowledge that yes i have sinned against you lord like david said Mm. i have sinned against you lord like the Mm. the lord that takes care of me that provides for me that put me in this king's spot yeah you know that picked me out of all of the all of the boys i was the smallest Mm. little shabbiest one you picked me out Mm. you picked me out you Mm. let me defeat goliath and all Mm. of this you 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 brought me so much victory in my life and here i am I stabbed you mm. in the back, you know, mm. and it's like, no, God, I, I don't want to live like that. I, I, I recognize that I'm a sinful person and I got some mm. evil stuff in me, but I don't want to live like that. God, I give you me. I, I, I want mm. you to make me whole again, God. I want you to make me mm. do again. Whatever do I have to do? Whatever, what else? Do, I mean, I'm sorry. What do I have to do to make this right? Do I need to go and ask for forgiveness? Do I need to mm. go and call this person and, and, and give them this money back or whatever it is that I've done? Mm. How do I make this right? Right, Lord, and most importantly, how do I make this right to you? But it's also to man as well. So, you know, some people are like, Oh, I already asked God for forgiveness. Did you ask the person that you hurt for forgiveness? Because that's a part of the process. You don't just ask God, you hurt God, yes, but you hurt someone else in the process. If it's your children Mm -hmm. and you want a good parent, you ask for forgiveness from those children, no matter how Mm -hmm. young they are, because that teaches them the process of forgiveness when they hurt someone, they'll know man mom apologized to me when she when when she did something to me i remember i screamed at king uh several times i screamed at him and i told him i i never want to scream at you i want to talk to you in a respectful tone i want to talk to you in a loving tone i want you to know that you are loved you are you know i want you to te- i want to teach you i don't want to condemn you i don't want you to feel so bad that you can't go on and do better i want you to be motivated by my words to do better so screaming is not going to get that. So I would always tell mm. him that. And then so when I screamed, because there were times when I screamed that I was yielding to the flesh, that I was led by my flesh, and I screamed, and I went back to him and I said, I apologize to you because I screamed. Well, <coughs> when he did things, I said, what did I do when I did things wrong to you? What did I do to you? 
and he said you 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 said you were sorry that's what that's how i want you to do it but i want you to truly be sorry are you sorry or are you not sorry because if you're not sorry then that's you yielding to your flesh even more you're saying i did this and i don't care that i did this and that's not a good way to to live life and that's not the life that god has called you to live so you have to mm -hmm. teach that you know so even if it's young kids you may feel like oh they don't know they don't know no they know they will learn mm -hmm. they're learning you know you teach them by your actions mm -hmm. so um, Eunice, did you want to talk about confession and repentance? Because listen, I'm on fire already. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so a few things I'm gonna say, and thank you for you know starting with that David introduction because you know the life of David, and we need to study Psalm 51 very well. You know, this was somebody who, like you said, God had given him all of these good things, and you know that thing happened in Second Samuel, I think, chapter 11. So. Throughout First Samuel, David was this helpless man who was just running for, from um, his life because Saul was just trying to kill him. He had mm -hmm. to hide in caves. Most of the time he had to pretend to be mad, you know, in front of the Philistines. The same people who Jonathan and um, Goliath's people, he had to go to those same people and pretend to be mad, you know, just because he didn't want them. Just because he was on the run from Saul, you know, he took in a lot of... Um, insult a lot of slander you know and then finally he had gotten this victory the promise had finally manifested he had been anointed as king over 12 years ago or so and then finally he was now in you know in the palace and you know the bible says that the time you see and you see this thing about us being in warfare it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do with the warfare thing this episode but you see and this thing about warfare the bible says there in Second Samuel 11, that at a time when kings, kings went to war, David mm. stayed back. So he took a break from his warfare where he should have been warring and he was at home idling away. And then he sees this woman. And then we know the story of Bathsheba. He got, went into her, got her pregnant, ended up giving her husband Uriah, you know, and then went on living life as normal. And then God now sent the prophet Nathan to come give him this um, parable about this man who had so much and then, you know, had a visitor and then left his visitor from his abundance, went to one man who only had one weathered goat or something and had cared for it and wanted to kill that man's goat to serve to his own visitor. And David in his self-righteousness was like, who is that person? Justice must be served bring him to my kingdom, we're going to kill him, da, da, da. and mm. then David, Nathan looked at him and said, you are the yeah. one. Mm -hmm. And immediately David was penitent. And you mm. see in the book, we didn't touch this because like we said, we're just trying to put highlights on the book. When we talk about personal brand, our personal brand now becomes personal worship, personal um, sacrifice, and I think personal penitence. And that's this thing about repentance from sin. And you see, when you study Psalm 51, David said, I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. David knew this thing that forever is going to be known as the king who slept with somebody and murdered her, murdered her husband. So he, didn't, he wasn't ashamed. He said, I will confess my sin before you because it is ever before me. Some people are ashamed of things they've done in the past. I remember when I, you know, gave my life to Christ and some of these milestones. I remember when I sat my mother down and was telling her different things that had gone to me and she was just speechless. And, 
you know, that freedom, I didn't, I wasn't defined by those things about the past anymore because it's like, I can't hide this thing. If, for instance, mm. the scene is fornication, I didn't sleep with myself. Somebody else slept with me. So somebody else knows that if anything, I have slept with somebody or something. Mm. So what am I hiding, right? I'm just giving that as an illustration. So if it's, for instance, maybe we stole or something with somebody, somebody else knows that, okay, you stole. So there's no point hiding because somehow, somehow it's going to come out. So it's mm. better you own it but you're able to say that, yes, this is what I did. This is the sin that is ever going to be before me. You look at Paul announcing himself as chief sinner, right? David mm-hmm. now says, my sin is ever before me. Against thee, be only have I sinned and done this evil in my sight. And you'll be, you'll be justified when you, you, when you judge me. And then he now said that when he prayed, creating me a clean heart of God, cast me not away from thy presence, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because that's what happens. David had lost his salvation right from when he had that sin, even though he continued. He had, even though, so that experience of being able to confess his sin was now a way to get back that joy that in his salvation. And that's the thing. When we sin and we hide it, we don't have joy. Yes, nobody mm. will know. But we lose that joy. We lose that freedom that we had to speak about Christ, to speak about God. We lose it. We might pretend, we might think it, but we know that we don't have that joy. That's why David was able to say, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. That free, that spirit of liberty, you know, rather than shame, rather than hiding. Do you know what he now went on to say? He said, then will I teach, and I think this is one of my favorite lines. He said, then will I teach transgressors, transgressors by means. You see, and sinners shall be called to thee. You see, some people think that, oh, because I have done this thing, I have no right to talk about it. Well, no, I have done this thing. That is why I am qualified to talk about it. Mm-hmm. David said, I will teach me, the murderer, the adulterer, I will teach sinners your ways. I said, who is better to speak the, the word of God than those who have done those very things that they condemn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Don't, we don't need to feel condemned because, oh, who am I to speak about preserving their virginity, your virginity or something, for, for example, when I'm not. The point is, because I'm not a virgin, I know the pain that comes from pregnancy scares, from STD scares, from mm-hmm. unnecessary pain, arguments, and I don't want you to go through all of that. So when I yeah. say to you, don't do these things, I'm self-righteous i'm saying it from love like don't save yourself that hassle if the bible says that the the bed of my where should be where you know sex takes place then even though i have not obeyed that covenant or the, sorry if I, even though I have not obeyed i'm able to tell you because i've been there i've seen the pain and out of love i don't want you to go through it you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. so can okay, i went on to say that if God decided to sacrifice, he would have given it. If he could pay for it. If he was rich, he was the king of Israel. Mm-hmm. So he would have paid, but God doesn't care nothing about our sacrifice, about our tithes, about our offerings. What God needs is a broken and a contrite spirit. When we come to him with brokenness, with contrition, he now says, I will now accept and with your tithes, with your offerings, with your burnt offerings. But don't, don't, don't cry. It's such an insult when we think, you know, some people who are blatantly living in sin expressly come and say, yeah, but I pay my tithe. Oh, 
don't let me sweat, don't let me use this because that I feel like it's just like yeah, like that word, those two words is what what I should say to you right now. Those two words with your offerings, right? Mm-hmm. God doesn't care for those things. God wants brokenness and contrition that yeah. God will not despise. <coughs> then we can now bring our offerings. So. You know, and then when you look at, I gave examples about John Newton, who wrote the hymn Amazing Grace House with the Stand that saved a wretch like me. You know, when he was talking about himself, how he was deep into, um, um, he, was, he was deep into Ludus, of course, he was his sister, you know, and then he was very vile, very uncouth, you know. You know, in short, they kicked him off one of the ships in Sierra Leone and left him there because his fellow traders could not stand how vile of a person he was which was when he now became a slave, as a slave trader, now became a slave to Africans, you see, alone in West Africa. You know, just amazing story. And then finally, when he got delivered and was sailing back to Europe, he now wrote the pens of, he now rather prayed to God that if God, because he was about to die, you know, the, the, the shipwreck sort of thing, and we ended up delivering him. And then he just talks about how even as a Christian, even as somebody who had decided, okay, because God saved me, I'm going to follow him. He was active sin. You know, um, he wasn't ashamed, right? He went on to write on the poems of Amazing Great House with the Sound that said the rest like me. You know, another person is Augustine. You know, I love, love, mm-hmm. love Augustine. He has this autobiography, Confessions, which everybody needs to read. You know, he, he was in the chains of immorality. He was addicted to sex. He was addicted to astrology, all of this man-made mm. wisdom and philosophy and all of these things. And his mother, you know, the, the, the Californian city, Santa Monica, is named after his mother because she was a Christian, a devout Catholic, and she used to weep, weep, weep for the salvation of her son's soul. And that's mm. why, you know, there's this, um, um, I think, uh, waterfall place that is called the um, Tears of Monica right just because of how much he wept for the salvation of her son and when you read confessions you know he says all of these things and just how some of the things that he did how he was steal just because it was a sin to steal like he would talk about how he would steal fruit as a young boy not because he was hungry but he just liked the joy of stealing you know mm. yeah and you know how god just transformed him and saint augustine became saint augustine because he's known as saint augustine and Saint rise that way you know, in the catholic church and stuff but it's just like we confess and then we have freedom to even speak about the things that we used to do, you know. And yeah, that's that's just how, yeah, that's what I have to say on that. And even in my own personal life, a lot of the things that I have been through, you know, by the grace of God, I'm bold to speak about them because I'm not proud of them, but it's like, yeah. look at amazing grace that I can say. It's not for me to, it's for me to sh- shed light on God's mercy, on yeah. God's undiscriminating grace, you know. Paul said mm-hmm. that God saved me so that I can be a pattern unto them. I can be an example unto them who are going to receive mercy. So that God, people will know that if God could save Paul, if God could save Eunice, then definitely who cannot be saved? Really, who? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. So good. So good. So good, Eunice. Um, and I feel like, you know, we talked about this whole conversion to genuine Christianity. Um and truly walking with the Lord. But do you want to dive more into that um, before we get ready to close out? Because I think this is a good point to pin it. We, the new life does have a part two because it's just so much to the new life that we want to, um, to tap into and share with you all. So um, 
I think uh, talking about the conversion to genuine Christianity and then maybe hitting on our freedom in Christ and then picking up next week with, um, you know, once you're free, what's, you know, what, what happens after that? Yeah. So um, the thing about conversion and freedom is that when we become Christians, like, are we just free to now do what we want? We say, a lot mm. of people say, and, you know, Paul gave that analogy that, yeah, I'm free, but, you know, it's not, you know, the Bible says that, he said that we can do all things, but not all things are lawful. Okay. Rather, all yes, things right. are lawful, but not all things are necessary. So yeah. do we just say that, oh, yeah, because there's, <clears> nothing, <throat> there's nothing wrong, you know, it's not a sin, I can just how I want, I'm not hurting anybody, anybody in my life, because I'm mm -hmm. free. No, the thing is, actually, nothing really goes for free, because firstly, Jesus paid uh, the price for our sins, and even oh. though we're free, it's, we are not slaves of God. We're not free on our own basis. You know, what did God tell Moses to do? He said, let, he told Moses to tell Pharaoh that let them free these people so that what? So that they could worship me, so that they could serve me. <laughs> God was just changing. God, what God has done is change our kingdom and change our master. The thing is that he doesn't lay us on us those kind of heavy burdens that Pharaoh puts on the Egyptians. That's not, he, he gives us a light burden, you know, and takes our own heavy burden. So mm -hmm. even though our freedom is, yes, we're free, it's free to live as light in the world. It's free to share the goodness. It's free to say, I don't want to do what you're doing. I'm free in Christ. So I don't want to live that kind of life anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm free mm -hmm. to speak about the good news. I'm free to speak about the gospel. I'm not being yeah. held by sin. I'm not being held by guilt. I'm not being held by condemnation. So I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you've known me to be. I am now mm -hmm. free in Christ and I'm now free to be his ambassador and to be a witness unto Christ. So in, in, um, just in, in summary, that's what it is. You know, our freedom in Christ is not freedom to just be masters of our own lives, but we're free to be slaves of God. Mm, that's good so good because I, I think that a lot of times you know it's like we're free you know we're free and I've heard, heard people say they're free and then they would go and do something you know because I'm free to I'm free to sin because I have the forgiveness of Christ and I'm like that is not that is not Christianity that is not following Christ mm -hmm. Christ was free to do whatever he wanted to do as well but he said I do what my father says I do what my father does so how can we say as followers of Christ, we free to do whatever we want to do, but Christ said he was free to do what his father does. I mean, he, he was free to do whatever he wanted to do because he was just like us in the flesh, right? But he chose because he gave his life, you know, for, you know, for our sake, he chose to follow God and all that he did, God the father. And so it's like, how can we say that we're free? And it's like, you know, this is, you know, and I remember you said something, Eunice, about like how some people were introduced to Christ. Like some people mm -hmm. were introduced to Christ in that manner. They were falsely mm -hmm. introduced to Christ. They were told that, oh, you're free now. You go and do as you please, ask for forgiveness and go. Like there are, you know, some uh, false preachers and false teachers out there that are teaching that doctrine and that you know that false doctrine and that's what people are going out there living in because I, I you know it's like how do you think like that 
Well, the pastor mm-hmm. said, and it's like, that's why we got to test the word for ourselves. That's why we got to test the spirit. We got to go to the word of God for ourselves to know what does says the Lord, not from man. Um, and that is mm-hmm. the command that God gives us all. So, you know, we can't say, oh, well, they were taught that. So they're okay because they were taught that. No, the Bible has a command for us with that. If there is a responsibility that we have as a, as a follower of Christ, and that is to study this word day and night. So, um, I, I, you know, I think this was really good, um, and talk, you know, introducing the new life. You gave us, um, some really good, um, you know, steps and, and what that looks like that, that passage, I'm going to put that in the, the show notes, that passage from Ephesians, uh, 4, 17 and 5 through 5, 14. I'm going to, you know, put that in there. So that way we can study that and meditate on that, um, and know that it's an ongoing process. So, you know, you know, we're not saying, you know, if you're in any of this, then that's where your repentance goes. And, and, and the, as, as Jesus told the woman at the well, go and sin no more. Like, don't, mm. you don't, you don't, <laughs> Jesus, you know, some people got this understanding as well that, oh, you know, Jesus was, was, you know, he was very compassionate towards sinners and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, Christ hates sin. He had to die for sin. So how would he mm. like something that he had to die mm. gruesomely for? How mm. that's just like that's just like saying, oh, you know what? A can a person who died from who 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 fleshly body succumbed to cancer. They love cancer. They absolutely mm. love cancer. You know, cancer is mm. so beautiful. I mean, I know it it damages, but cancer is beautiful. No, <laughs> nobody would say that. Oh, you know what? AIDS mm. is just, oh, I just love AIDS. It's just great. Mm. Like everybody should have AIDS. Everybody should, you know, have AIDS and, you know, die from AIDS. Like everybody should, that's foolishness. Like, mm. no, that's exactly how you sound when you say, oh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, Jesus is not like hashing people. No, he flipped tables. He was angry at sin. Yes, he was. And we are to be angry at sin as well. Not just other people's sin, your own sin, mm. you know, firstly, so we have to, firstly and most importantly, absolutely, because we're only responsible for ourselves. Right. And so you can't get the log out of someone else's eye when you got one in your own eye. Right. So you have mm. to, you know, you have to give your log and you have to repent for your log and ask for forgiveness for your log first before you can help someone get theirs out, right? So um, definitely um, know that it's a process um, and that there is no private life and public life. There is no at night I turn up and then at day in the daytime I do ministry. No, that is not it. That is what you call lukewarm behavior and the Bible has specific um statements about what God feels about people who are one foot in and one foot out people who are doing ministry Mm. throughout the day they're studying their bible and they know what the word of God says and then they go Mm. away and do exactly opposite of that God has he has specific statements. it's not even up for debate it's not even uh confusing he said I will spit you out of my mouth anybody Mm. who um you know spit something they don't want it in Mm. their mouth they don't want it to mm. be a part of them. They, it's, it's like vomit. It's like going and lick mm. your vomit up. You never would do that, right? Nobody does that but a dog, right? Because they don't understand. But so, yeah, God says specifically what he does with that. So there is no private life. And then you got the Christian life on Sunday, Saturday night. I'm in the club. Sunday morning, I'm at the church. Like, nah, that's not how it works, right? The church mm. is your new life. The, the living for God is your new life. That's your life every day, all day. 
period. Um, that's genuine following Christ all day. And it's not easy, but that's where, you know, I, I love to say Philippians 4 and 13, that's where it comes in. I can do all things mm. through Christ. That is the all things. People think, oh, mm. I can run a marathon through Christ. Well, yeah, you mm. may be able to run a marathon, but you better, you better make sure that you're practicing every day. You better make sure that you are running, that you are keeping your legs in shape, that you're eating the right foods. Because if you can, you can pray and ask the Lord to run this marathon. But if you have not practiced, then you will not, you will not succeed at running this marathon. Period. Point blank. Mm. But the if you have surrendered yourself to God and He knows that we are fleshly in this fleshly body. And we say, God, I want to forgive. I want to be a person of compassion. I want to be a person of your love, God. I don't love like you love. I truly don't. I can see that my love is very, very, very tarnished. It is the worst kind of love. I'm like, if you don't make me happy, then I don't love you. Mm. That's not true love, Lord God. So I mm. want to love the way you love that. Even if you make me mad, I still love you. And I still see you yeah. as God sees you. So God, I ask that you help me to love that way. I ask that you give me a heart to love that way. That is where Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ comes into play, right? So, mm. you know, don't beat yourself up feeling like, how can I do this? I, I, I keep failing. You, you keep getting back up. As Paul says, you keep running the race. You get back up and you get back in the race. You keep running, you repent and you keep running. Uh, because after you keep running, you're building that spiritual muscle. And at some point you're going to say, you know what? I am loving the way God has called me to love. And you continue to pursue God in that area. You don't say, oh, I've, I've mastered that area. I'm good there. I'm going I'm to go. No, you're continuing to learn and love uh, the way God has called us to love. So, you know, that I just wanted to share that piece, kind of give you guys a, um, I guess, like a synopsis or a, you know, ending point of, you know, what we talked about today. This has been beautiful, Eunice. I thank you uh, so, so much. Would you like to pray us out today? Okay. Our Father in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord, for another time in your presence, oh God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this new life that you've given us for us. Thank you, oh God, the darkness in our souls and for the light of Christ within us. We pray, oh God, that even ourselves will have the new speakers and elders that we listen, oh God, that the words that we've spoken, the words that we've heard will not stand against us in the day of judgment. I pray, O oh God, that everything, O oh God, that we've discussed to come alive in our hearts and come alive as a manifestation in our lives, O oh God, that we truly go out there, O oh God, and shine as bright lights for you, O oh God, that we will not conform, O oh God, to the world, we will not conform to our old nature, O oh God, and to put on the new man through the teaching and through the guiding of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for every Christian there who is just struggling, who is just feeling so defeated, feeling so condemned they don't know what to do i pray oh god that your life is shine oh, pray oh god that your spirit will comfort them oh god and let them know that nothing can ever separate them from your love oh god i pray oh god that you minister life and freedom into their spirit into their soul oh god and you restore to them the joy of thy salvation in the name of jesus we commit ourselves into your hands we pray oh god that even as we set our eyes to the power we know your path even the recording of this podcast that we have more opportunities to come together but to continue to speak the word and by your name will forever be glorified. Thank you all of us for prayers for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Eunice. Go and live the new life, Dolly Girls. Amen. We love y'all. We will see y'all uh, in two weeks by God's grace. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Be blessed, y'all.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Godly Girl Talk. I pray that something was said that spoke directly to your heart and situation. Please refer to the show notes for all the gems shared throughout today's episode. Also, be sure to check out our website at www.godlygirlinc.org. That's www.godlygirl. INC.org, where you can explore all things Golly Girl. And lastly, please don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate this podcast. I'll see you next week, Golly Girl. Be blessed. Mwah.